Today on Season 3, Episode 41 of the Unknown Packers Podcast, Ryan Schlipp, a.k.a. Pack Daddy of Packernet Podcast, makes his UPP studio debut. Come along as Bryce walks him through the gauntlet of Packers Phantom questions, and it brings up some great memories of Packers past. They discuss new camp, Ryan's surprise name on the final 53, as well as his prediction for the breakout player of 2020. Who else could make the biggest difference for the Packers this season? Listen in and find out. And now it's time for Ryan from Packernet on tap. so much for following the Unknown Packers podcast. Touchdown! Dagger! Al Harris, 56 yards to a game-winning touchdown! Green Bay Packers! Running isn't everything, but it's the only thing. Green and yellow, green and yellow, green and yellow, green and yellow. Unknown Packers podcast. Green and yellow, green and yellow, green and yellow, green and yellow. And let me tell you this, Green Bay is a great town. And welcome to the Unknown Packers podcast for our latest guest episode. We have Ryan of Packernet on tap and Ryan Schlitt of Packernet podcast. Welcome to the Unknown Packers podcast. How are you doing? Doing fantastic. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And I'm curious, how did Packernet podcast come to be? Well, um, it's kind of a weird, strange story, but um, I, I kind of started off just having a lot of opinions and nobody to tell them to. So I decided I'm going to start a blog and I don't really care if anybody reads it, but I'm going to do it for one year and I'm going to see how it goes. So I started blogging on some blogger thing. And after about a week, I decided I'm going to branch out and reach out to some other teams and see if they want to collaborate. Nobody got back to me. I got like two no's. And one of the guys who's a Browns guy said, um, no, thank you. Not interested. However, I've got this website. It's called Packernet.com. I like what you're writing. Would you want to come over and write for us? So I said, yeah, that'd be fine. That's cool. So I started writing for Packernet. And I started writing for a couple other sites, Lombardi Avenue and a few others. And um, I realized I'm extremely long-winded even when I write things. I just, I I go into such ridiculous detail. They started turning into essays and like seven-part essays. And I kind of got to the part where I just said, you know, I really want to try podcasting because it's, there's just so much that I want to just get off my chest. And the the annoying part is the typing. I don't want to have to type all this out. <laughs> There's no reason for it. So I, it's kind of the same situation. I said, all right, I'm just going to push record. I'm going to start talking into it. I talked to the guys at Packernet and I said, look, um, we can go one of two ways. I can do the Packernet podcast and that can be my contribution to the site or I'm going to go my own way. And uh, they said, no, let's, uh, let's do that. You can be the, the podcast guy. So from then on, it became the Packernet podcast and you know, started off like all of us with a really small, you know, I had a big celebration when I got 100 listeners, and I've just been plugging away pretty much every day ever since. It's just a part of my life. It's a part of my routine. I don't really even think about it anymore. How long have you been doing a Packernet podcast? So that first recording was in t- uh, 2017, so um, right when Aaron Rodgers got hurt. So I've been a really bad omen up until last year. I was I was contemplating giving it up because I thought I was cursing <laughs> the team. Well, uh, we are uh, cut from the same cloth then too when it comes to the podcast. We are about three and a half years in circa 2017. So we started yep. uh, right around the, the same time. And it, something that gravitated towards uh, your podcast is one, the content and two, the sound. And that's something that 
we here at the Unknown Packers podcast pride ourselves in content as well as banter, and then three, the sound. And for being a podcast, I feel like sound is something that is required. And sometimes I don't really notice that in in other podcasts, not throwing any shade, but it's something that I gravitated towards your podcast and something that we've tried to emulate to strive for perfect sound when it comes to Packers podcasts. And so are you under an umbrella then of a network with Packer um, podcast? So yeah, I, that was about, it was either one year or two years in, um, I had kind of reached out. It's kind of one of the weird things with how things come to be. It's just, everything's kind of by chance, but, um, I reached out to some companies about finding advertisers or whatever. And, um, because I, I, I was using a really bad hosting company that said I was getting a lot more downloads than I thought I was. And I'm like, I'm about to be rich. This is, <laughs> this is crazy. This is the biggest show ever. And so I reached out to some people and, uh, you know, started working through that. And then I come to find out, I, I you know, I'm I doing some investigating. I'm emailed them like every week. I'm like, this can't be right. Finally, I just gave up the hosting, went somewhere else and the numbers plummeted by about one twentieth. And so oh. I, I talked to the, the people and I said, look, um, I've, I'm inadvertently been lying to you about my numbers. I'm just going to walk away now. And they said, well, look, we're, we're about to start our own network. Um, you know, it's called, uh, um, Overtime, jeez, I don't even know what it's oh, called. Yeah. <laughs> it's called Overtime Network. Would you want to be, you know, the Packers guy in the network? And I thought, you know, I don't really know. You know, I'm probably I'm going to do my own thing. And eventually, I decided I'm just going to do it. And so that's same thing. I, that's just kind of been um, a part of the the Overtime Network. And that's another network that's slowly kind of growing and trying to find the right shows and everything else. But yeah, so it's there's a lot of different little things that I'm. <laughs> kind of half involved in and whatnot. But yeah, it is it is part of an uh, umbrella known as the Overtime Network, I guess. And then you're the the Packers provider then for Packernet Podcast. For Packernet and for Overtime, yeah. And for and, Overtime, very cool. Well, yep. thrilled to have you a part of our latest guest episode, Ryan Schlipp of Packernet Podcast. And we have a general theme with our guest episodes. We have three questions that we ask our guests. And this is something that I always get a little giddy about because I, I get nostalgic when it comes to uh, these guest episode questions. And first and foremost, how did you become a Packers fan? You know, I, I wish I had a cool, cooler answer to that. <laughs> a lot of people have good answers. I, I just was born a Packers fan. Um, it was never something that I chose. It just kind of was. The only interesting tidbit about that is I was actually born in Illinois, um, okay. born and raised, but my dad is from Wisconsin. So I was just always a Packer fan, real diehard. You know, dad was real into it. It's a little bit of an unusual um, fandom going to school in my uh, Packers starter jacket and Packers <laughs> backpack at a Bears school, arguing with my teachers and whatnot. But, um, <laughs> you know, otherwise it's just, it's always been that way. And uh, so I, you know, Again, I don't have like a cool like because of the colors story or anything, but it just is. It's, you know, why are you American? I don't know. I was just born here. Well, I love that answer because one, that was for me, it was an automatic thing. I, I was born in Wisconsin. There was no real other alternative in our most recent guest episode. We had Bart Winkler of 105.7 FM, The Fan, and he gave a similar answer. Even though he's born and raised in Wisconsin, he gave a similar answer of, it just is. Yeah. And and that's something that encapsulates when it comes to the Green Bay Packers is that it's a way of life. It is. And right. I love that where you don't need any sort of explanation. And I think that is cool. So 
For what it's worth, Ryan, I think your story of how you became a Packers fan is cool. And that's another thing that every guest episode, there's a just a diverse background. And that's one of probably my favorite questions that I get to ask. And moving on, who would be your current favorite Green Bay Packer and your favorite past Green Bay Packer? Um... Again, I, I wish I had something kind of cool. I, I, <laughs> let's 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 do this. I'll, I'll do kind of my my real answer and maybe my not so real answer. My okay. current would be Aaron Rodgers, just because nice. it's hard to encapsulate everything he's done for us that any other player could give. You know what I mean? It's just I can't pick any one person that even comes close to the magnitude that he's provided to the team and to the fan base and everything else. Um, but. If I had to pick somebody else, and it's I hate to even do it because everybody else is like on an equal plane and everyone brings something else that's, you know, kind of a whatever. But the first person that comes to mind, as strange as as it sounds, would probably be Eddie Lacy, um, just because we had never really had, or at least not for a long time, a run game or a running back, and it just it just was one of those things that you accept, like it's just not going to happen. And watching him run and just it was everything about him, the way he ran and being so big and and you know, even like when he's running and he gets like a forty yard run and you just know he just is begging for someone to tackle him. Like, please, <laughs> I'm so tired. Someone please tackle me. It's just every he was so fun to watch and I really loved it. And then past kind of the same thing, Brett Favre, um, I would say all time greatest or favorite. And part of that is not only did he bring so much like Aaron Rodgers, but he also was the that guy through my childhood and everything's a lot more special and magical when you're a child and then just his personality and everything he's just over the top and fun and um he kind of brought that so that that would be kind of an obvious answer as well my non-obvious answer um although it's probably relatively obvious would probably be reggie white just because of you know again i mean he's just such a, a unique person but also just a really good-hearted great human being so and, that, and that's a cool thing about a lot of green bay packers is you know you think about like bart Starr and a lot of these other guys where it's it's fun to watch them as athletes but just you really get invested in them as people and just who they are and what they do for the community and everything and i just i really like guys like that the minister of defense and that yeah. was my childhood too i was you know middle school during the the mid-90s runs and that's who i always gravitate towards is 90s Brett Favre. Oh, yeah. And there's just something about, I don't think we'll ever see someone play the game the way he played no. back in the 90s. And you talk about Eddie Lacy as well. He came in when Rodgers was hurt. You know, you had Matt Flynn as quarterback, and mm -hmm. he, here, here he comes and runs his way to Rookie of the Year. I just remember that Steelers game where he essentially just put the team on his back. You had flurries at Lambeau Field, and you saw a big running back just running all over the field. And I'm glad that you mentioned that we had desperately needed a right. running back. Before that, it was Ryan Grant, who was amazing for a couple years, yep. 1,200 yards. But then you had Starks with his playoff run. You had Brandon Jackson, who was great in pass pro, but you needed that one-two punch. And again, I, I love these questions because I get – Super nostalgic, and I'm pretty sure after <laughs> I'm done with this recording, I'm going to go check out some Eddie Lacy highlights. I'm 100% doing that, too. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And, and as we wrap up the first half of Ryan of Packernet on tap, what would be your favorite Packers memory at Lambeau? And I, 
and on television. Um, at Lambo and on television. Yeah, I'd like a all right, I'd like a two parter. Right. Let me see. That stinks because I want to give you a two parter for not <laughs> on television. All right, so so my it's so weird saying this because you know I've watched two Super Bowls, but I still can't get over that game that Brett Favre played against the Raiders after his dad died. Oh yeah, it just as much as the Super Bowls are the ultimate culmination of everything we watch for, I still get chills and my eyes well up a little bit when I mm-hmm. think about that game. And, you know, it, it just, it was, because, you know, like I talked about with Brett Favre, you, we're invested in him as a, as a person. He's a part of our lives as Packer fans. You know, he is, he, he just is. And and when his dad died, our our hearts broke for him. And we had no expectation of him playing. We were fine with it. Everything was fine. And then you find out he's playing and it's like you've got to be kidding me, and and it wasn't just that. It was you, you remember the the Raiders fans. You could yeah. feel that stadium was cheering for Brett Favre. They had right. signs they were holding up that we love you, right. Brett Favre. I mean, he was he just was such a, a unique and special human being, and and the fact that it was Brett Favre too, where he, he we watched him fight through broken bones, you know, a broken thumb on his throwing hand. He's playing right. through it, and and now you know he's got a broken heart and he's playing through that, and he plays the game of his life, and and. And it was the wide receivers largely, not that Brett didn't play a great game, but the wide receivers and what they did for him just really right. showed how much he meant. I mean, how much he meant to us, how much he meant to the NFL watching the Raiders fans, how much he meant to the wide receivers. It just, it was such a unique and special experience that as strange and as blasphemous as it sounds, I have to probably put that above the Super Bowls. No, um, that that's not even something that should be far fetched. I just remember that the first touchdown to uh, Wesley Walls, that yeah. just teardrop of a pass into the corner, and then him, you know, Walls just extending out and making that spectacular catch. That I felt like laid the groundwork for what you said, just a really special game. Javon and, Walker too. Yeah, and it was classic Brett Favre style too. I mean, he just he, yeah. he he wasn't even thinking about it. He saw a guy, he laid back and just <laughs> yeah. launched it, just yeah. eyes closed as hard as he could, and it just you know it just worked every time you watched it. It was just one unbelievable throw and catch after another. As far as at the stadium, and you um, can give me you can give me two. I we don't need any limitations. If you had two in your mind of of, well, of memories, I'd love to hear them. It was just it's just sort of general, and I kind of been touching on it the whole time about family and whatnot. But like, if I could go back to any particular point in time, it wouldn't be a specific game, but it would just be Packer games at Grandma's house, circa nineteen ninety five. You know, when when the whole family's there, when you know some of the people are in the kitchen that maybe don't care quite as much, just talking it up. And you got grandpa and some of the guys who are screaming as loud as they can and grandma telling them to be quiet. You got great grandma and great grandpa at the card table dealing sheep's head. And I mean, it's just, it was such a special moment. And then you got, you know, the, the, it's starting to get cold outside and the leaves are falling and just, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's part of what makes football so special. And, you know, even today, I mean, you know, nowadays when, when it starts to get cold outside and you feel that crisp air, it just immediately it takes me back to, you know, 1995 or whatever. And just those days with Brett Favre and just, you know, again, when you're a kid, everything's so magical. And that's what's awesome yeah. about football is it it's kind of like Christmas all over again. You know, when, when kickoff happens in September, it's like, it's here. It's finally here. Yeah. So, yeah, it's that would be, again, it's not really specific moment, but just kind of a special thing um, from history that I remember. And I, I don't have... I don't know. You know, I, I'm not big on 
going to the stadium. I've been, I think, three times. Okay. Um, one of them, I don't really remember, so we'll leave that one alone. <laughs> one of them was when I was younger and I didn't appreciate it, which is unfortunate because it was actually Brett Favre versus Dan Marino. So I'm upset oh, with myself no for not appreciating that. Um, so it would probably actually be the last time I went. I went with uh, a buddy of mine and two of his friends, and it was just, you know, a more laid back, mature, not as reckless kind of just get to enjoy it. It was actually this past year, uh, the first game against the Lions. So oh, that nice. was quite a big comeback, and it was interesting because we didn't even know about all the scandals of the, you know, the hands to the face mask and all that. We just saw a great comeback, and come to find out, Lions fans are just in an absolute <laughs> rage about that game. But no, it was it was fun. It was just a, a fun environment, and again, I I like being home and I like watching it on TV. But it is nice once in a while to really just go take it in and experience it. Absolutely, and the memory you're talking about of, of grandma and great grandma and mm-hmm. grand grandpa and playing sheep's head and yeah when i think of my childhood i i just always think of the green bay packers and you talk about the weather changing and for me you know i know numerous people that hate the cold that live in wisconsin for me it always symbolized football season oh yeah and i i know that we're embarking on something that's unchartered and we've had training camp practices so it's starting to get real and things will be different and but that's what that's probably the biggest thing that i'm hoping that we don't miss out on is just football what whatever it is yeah. i just want to experience football and Thank you so much for being candid and open. And I, I love the nostalgia. I love, um, I get goosebumps every time, especially with talking about like childhood right. uh, memories and us growing up in similar eras to the 90s of Brett Favre and Reggie White, Holmgren, yep. Wolf, all that. For me, it was such a, it was a detachment and I could just lose myself in those games. And uh, so I, I loved your I loved your answers. In my book, they were cool. So I hope that uh, you can wrestle with that and accept my compliment. But we're gonna we're gonna take a quick commercial break. We'll be back with the second half. We're gonna talk Packers training camp with Ryan a Packernet on tap. Go Pack Go. This episode is brought to you by Sonic Transformation. Here at Sonic Transformation, we believe that every good audio project starts with a good foundation. We want to help you build that foundation. Whether it be through commercial products or things you have around the house, no job is too big or small. We can make your podcast sound the best it can with what you have and a little nudging along the way. No equipment? No problem. Our consultants can help you get set up on your budget and in your space. Do you already have an established podcast but don't have the time to edit or just wish it sounded better? We can take care of that for you as well. Check us out at www.sonictransformation.com. Again, that's www.sonictransformation.com. Sonic Transformation, your sound refined. Go, Pat, go! Go, Pat, go! Go, Pat, go! And we are back with the second half of our latest guest episode, Ryan, a Packernet on tap, a Packernet podcast. And blast from the past, we talk about childhood. I was not expecting to talk about or even listen to Brett Favre and uh, the the game after his father, Irv, had tragically passed away. Immediately, I could just remember, like you said, the Raiders fans and their signs, Favre coming out of the tunnel 
And that is not a friendly place to play. Right. And to have fans cheer where we could all come together and mourn and support our hero. Yep. And so I, I want to thank you for for sharing that. And that's another one of those blessings of why I love doing a Packers podcast. It's not it's it, it, it's those moments right there. So I'm I, I'm thrilled how the episode has gone so far, and I'm really excited to know a little bit more about your perspective of the Green Bay Packers training camp so far. And so give me your take so far with, to address the elephant in the room, COVID and what training camp and everything all entails for you. Well, it's it's been, um, and maybe I'm just excited that football's back, but it's been kind of shocking how normal it's felt um, these last three days or so of, of camp. And just, you know, I mean, we can't, you know, the fans aren't there, which I, I'm not a part of anyways, but, you know, it's been, it's been three days and it's been just you know, so-and-so through to so-and-so, and we get excited about it, even though we know we shouldn't. And, you know, we, this past day we saw a couple injuries and we all hold our breath. And it just, it's exciting because it feels normal. And I guess I wasn't really expecting that. You know, we've we've dealt with for so many months this um, nothing is normal. And even when we try to do something normal, it, it has to be tainted. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. And I'm, I'm really hopeful that... Um, you know, obviously there's going to be some some tweaks and things are going to be different with fans, and I'm sure there's going to be a couple cases here and there. But if if this is any indication of what's to come, um, I'm really excited. But obviously the the health is a concern, not just with the virus, but but with the the injuries. There's a lot of them cropping up, and these guys aren't really fully prepared with their bodies. So I'm hoping that that we can get through the season and the guys can be healthy and and we can kind of have another year of, of experiencing, you know, like what we've been talking about, just to add another one to the list of memories. Right. And it's, it's refreshing. I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that it, it, I was not expecting this when you, when you go in and COVID testing and you have the new CBA and uh, with the NFL Players Association, and the NFL, something that they agreed upon last March and they're adding tweaks and you're seeing Devin Funches opt out and you're having players placed on the reserve COVID-19 list. And for me, I'm thinking, okay, here we go. Here we go. And so you mentioned, you know, the change of the seasons, that's football. And that's something that I want. And it doesn't discount the fact that everything that's going on or doesn't minimize uh, the impact that the virus has had. It's just that it's something that is such a huge part of my life. Green Bay Packer football, especially that change of seasons when it gets, when it gets cold, because, Without football, cold weather is going to be brutal, <laughs> yeah. and so I don't know what I don't know what I'm going to experience without football. But you hit it right on the head. I think what we're seeing right now is okay. We're getting a few practices in, some padded practices, and it seems that they have a great approach. and And with that, when you're talking about the 53 man roster, I've mentioned in uh, previous episodes that. This is not the year for an undrafted free agent. Mm-hmm. I just think that with no rookie minicamp, no OTAs, no training camp, and now no preseason, I think you're looking at practice squad for sure, at least for, for me. When I talk about surprise addition to the 53-man roster, I don't really mean undrafted free agent, but are there any names that come to mind that you could foresee being on the 53-man roster in such an unusual and new look to Packers training camp? Well, it's hard to, uh, you know. I mean, obviously you've got your locks, and then you got a couple bubble players. I'll, I'll, I'll highlight one person that that actually 
I think actually does have a bit of a chance, and that's Stanford Samuels, the cornerback. Mm-hmm. Partially just because of the situation at corner. You know, I, we're, we're not in fear because we're relatively comfortable. We like Jair, and Kevin showed some promise last year, and, you know, Chandon seems to be kind of the guy, but from my perspective and from the from where I feel the Packers' perspective, we don't really know what Kevin King is going to, where we're going to go with Kevin King, What what depending on what he does this year and his health and whatnot. And Chandon looked good in, in small spurts, but we don't know what he brings in in sort of a full-time role. And Josh Jackson is, is close to being out of the good graces entirely. So as I'm looking at the cornerbacks, I'm thinking, as much as I agree with you entirely, un, this is not a time to be an undrafted free agent. I just don't know which bodies we're going to put there if we're if we're Mm. picking you know let's flip the challenge list and i'm not actually asking you to do this but (laughs) list five corners and don't say stanford samuel's name it's not easy to do especially when you look at i think he was a kind of a big name in terms of a lot of people liked him um feeling like Mm -hmm. he could have easily been a drafted corner but then also he's he's had a pretty big impact so far in training camp. So right. uh, I've kind of had my eye on him a little bit. And then you see this and you kind of think a little bit in terms of, you know, who are the corners going to be behind Jair and Kevin King and, and Chandon? Um, we're not going to go with just three, obviously. So and and the, the final thing would be the Packers history of success with undrafted free agent corners. As much as you don't really think about undrafted free agents, some of the better corners we've had have been undrafted right. guys. So. I don't think it's you know it, depending on how uh, you know hot takey we want to be. I, I I think Stanford has a real good shot at at making the roster. I mean it's I'm not going to be shocked if he doesn't clearly, but um, getting a little bit in the hot takey territory, I I, I put him give him an outside chance of actually making the roster. And I like him too. I and I go I come up from uh, you know just looking at like the practical sense of like ugh, you have all these things that have been taken away. And usually an undrafted free agent does have an uphill battle, but uh, you make a great point of Packers have had success there with Sam Shields and Jermon mm-hmm. Williams and Shannon Sullivan being an undrafted free agent, albeit with the Philadelphia Eagles. But we snagged him up in May of 2019. And so far, he's looking like that number one guy in the slot. Yeah. And I like Kadar Holman, too. I think that he can bring a lot to the table, but he's also a later round draft pick who was also hurt. And you've got what I think is the biggest acquisition in all of offseason, Jerry Gray coming in oh, yeah. as as the defensive backs coach. And you have a guy that should have been drafted. He was projected, I remember, what, third, fourth round? And then he started to fall a little bit. And a lot of that had to do with, again, the 40 time and, and, and his speed. But like you mentioned, he really has been showing up in training camp. And I guess that's all you really need is that you keep on making plays and I remember uh, Lafleur last year being the first-year head coach. He talked about as long as you keep on making plays, as long as you keep on making plays, you're going to grab that attention. And so I, I feel like you're right. Where maybe he does defy my uh, pessimistic take when it comes to undrafted free agents in the in the new camp. Well, but I'm I'm glad that you mentioned that. And that's that's one of the things I really love about this new regime of Lafleur and Patton is. I feel like with Mike McCarthy and Dom Capers, we had undrafted free agent corners, especially a lot of different positions as well. But we had a lot of corners and safeties that would come in and they would make an instant impact and immediately they'd go back out. Why? Because we got Demarius Randall and Quentin Rollins and they were determined. These are our guys. We're going to make it work. And they just kept doing that. They prioritized draft picks. They kept saying, no, 
you're some undrafted free agent, we don't care. I really feel like with LaFleur and with Pettin, you know, you look at, for example, what was it, uh, Josh Jones and Raven Green. Pettin comes in and we just assume Josh Jones, he's a second-round pick, of course he's going to be the guy. He never got a chance. Pettin right. wanted nothing to do with him. He's not, putting, he's not putting in the work. He doesn't do what Raven Green does. He never gave it a second second thought. Raven Green was ahead of Josh Jones from day one. So, again, you know, if if guys like Stanford or whoever can come in and show that, you know what, I can do this, I believe that these guys are going to give them an opportunity to, to keep going out and making plays because that's all I want you to do. I don't care where you're drafted. Just play football. Well said. I'm going to change my tune a little bit when it comes to the undrafted free agent approach that I've had. And with our with our final question, when it comes to the second half of Ryan of Packernet on tap, who's your breakout player for the Packers this year? Man, there's there's so many names that I'm excited about that you can you can see write a script for how they get there. But the one that that makes the most sense for me that I keep coming back to is Darnell Savage. One of the biggest, well, one of the. the there's a lot of biggest, so I'll just stop saying that. <laughs> but the uh, the first thing that comes to mind is the fact that he's he's got a full year in as a starter, and that's that when you look at Rashawn and his upside and all that, he's still I feel like got some learning to do, and he's got some guys in front of him. Darnell Savage was a starter from the get go, and he's going into his second year where he gets to work on really refining what he's done. His athleticism, he has no ceiling. He can be as good as we want him to be. And then another really big thing is what you pointed out, Gray, the DB coach from Minnesota. The things that that guy was able to do in Minnesota, specifically with the safeties, they had issues with corners, but it feels like every safety that goes to Minnesota is the best safety in football. One of the best safeties right now, and I'm going to blank on his name, but I want to say he's an undrafted free agent. He just got a massive contract, and it's just, you know, and then there's Harrison. I think it's Harris. Harris and Harrison right now are their safeties. Harris is the one that that blew up. That's either a late rounder or an undrafted guy, and it, just everybody that goes there has such does such a fantastic job in that defense. So you take the coaching, and 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 I don't want to underestimate the coaching at all because you look at Smith with the outside linebackers coach, what he was able to do with D Ford and Justin Houston in um in Kansas City was incredible. Those are you got D Ford who's a draft bust and Justin Houston who's over the hill. He really helped to make them one of the better duos in football. We hire him. Look what happens with Zedarius and Preston, one of the best pass rushes in football. So I'm I'm very excited to see what a guy who's got a great track record as a DB coach for Minnesota coming over here can do with with guys that have incredible tools. I mean, I'm not ta- yeah. we're not talking about undrafted guys or, or or you know veterans that we have to tweak. We're talking about one of the most athletic, talented safeties in, in the game, young safeties in the game that he can really mold and show on top of Amos and Raven Green and and Jair and Kevin King. I mean, we've invested so much draft capital. It's just a matter of somebody needs to take hold of this group and mold it and, and try to get all the talent they can out of it. And and if he can do it, oh my goodness, this this defense is going to be ridiculous with Savage and Amos and Green and King and and, and Jair mm. on top of Zadarius and Preston and Rashawn and Kenny. It's just, I don't know, I you know... It, ridiculous. Ridi- the potential is ridiculous. Man, land on me. That was beautiful. I am fired up. Holy crap. And uh, I believe it was uh, Anthony Harris and then Harrison Smith, right? Yeah. For, for the Vikings. Harrison Harrison. They always confuse me. Yeah. And and I love the the breakdown of what you, uh, you, you, you 
I'm not going to add anything more to that. I am fired up. I have been fired up about Darnell Savage. I call him the great white shark. I just feel like it's blood in the water and yeah. he's got this twitch where it's very reminiscent of a great white shark. And a, and a great a great piece for Patton because you you get him kind of in that linebackerish area and with his speed he can drop back, yeah. he can shoot out to corner and go go play man or he can go after the quarterback. He's got such speed. He can be used anywhere on the field. So again, you just get that potential out of him, and there's no limit to to what he can bring to this to this team. I love it. Well, I want to thank you once again for coming on the Unknown Packers podcast for our latest guest episode, Ryan of Packernet on Tap. Ryan, tell everyone where they can find you on social media, and also when your episodes are released. Yeah. So um, social media, the only thing I can plug is Twitter. Um, yep. I don't know why you'd want to follow me on there, but if you want to, it's pack <laughs> underscore daddy. It's not a big deal. But the uh, the podcast, Packernet Podcast, it's five days a week, planning on going back to seven days a week once the season starts. There's also Pack Daddy NFL is my YouTube channel. And if you wouldn't mind checking out Fan to Fan Network is a new network that just launched that I'm a part of. Uh, me and uh, Bazarski Productions, who does a lot of the highlight oh, real nice. stuff, yeah. him and I are, are holding it down for the Packers. So that's kind of a new launch that we're getting involved in. I don't sleep much, but I got a lot of content if you're interested and want to check it out. Well, I love it. Well, I hope to talk uh, more Green Bay Packers with you moving forward. And there you have it, Packers fans. I'm your host, Bryce Christensen, and this is the Unknown Packers Podcast. Thank you so much for following the Unknown Packers podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Unknown Packers, as well as Facebook, Instagram, the Unknown Packers podcast. You can check us out on our website, theunknownpackers.com, and a variety of different podcast platforms as well. You can also say, hey, Alexa, play the Unknown Packers podcast. That's right. We're friends with Alexa. Go Pack Go. This podcast was edited and produced by Sonic Transformation. Sonic Transformation. Your sound, refined.